The Creative Exchange podcast is all about celebrating the artistic process on Cape Cod and connecting creatives. That's right, Julie. And as part of that, we'd like to invite you to a Creative Exchange live event here at the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth. On May 30th, 2019 at 530, Amy and I are bringing back some of this season's guests for a live panel discussion. Come connect with other listeners, meet podcast guests, and celebrate the arts community. Mark your calendars and visit artsfoundation.org slash creative exchange for details and updates. See you there. See you there. This podcast has been underwritten by Cape Cod Healthcare because investing in the arts creates a healthier community. Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast, a series of elevated conversations with Cape Cod creatives. This project is a collaboration between the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod and Provincetown Community Television, recorded at the Night Owl Recording Studio at the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth. It is an ode to the artistic process and its unique manifestation here on Cape Cod, seeking to reveal the successes, challenges, and experiences of local artists. Above all, it is a reminder that arts matter in our community. Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast. I'm Amy Davies, the Executive Director of Provincetown Community Television. And I'm Julie Wake, the Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Continuing our exploration of the process on this episode, we're speaking with visual artist Jamie Wolf, Jackie Reeves, and Richard Neal about the process of sharing artistic space. Jamie, Jackie, and Richard are founders of Chalkboard Studio, a shared professional artist studio space in Barnstable Village. A converted schoolhouse, today the space hosts studios for the trio, as well as several other artists, and is celebrating its 10th anniversary this spring. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Great. Well, why don't we have each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the type of work that you do. My name is Jackie Reeves. Um, I'm a painter, and I work in oils, acrylics, collage, drawing. So I consider myself a mixed-media painter, uh, figurative and abstract, together. Uh, I'm Jamie Wolf. I like painting large action paintings with watercolor, acrylic, and ink. My name is Richard Neal. Um, had a lot of background in sculpture, but I've really gravitated more to painting, and a lot of the paintings have a sculptural element to them now. So, Amy, what do you want to learn today? I want to learn um, how do you work together in a common space, and how does that influence your work, whether consciously or unconsciously, and how being together helps you grow uh, in your artistic quest, I'm taking all the questions. What do you What do you want? I know learn, you Julie? just took all my Did ideas. Did I take no. All- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I um, I'm really interested in how you create a culture that works, uh, a collaborative culture that works, and I'm curious to better understand like what the challenges were. Um, you guys have a reputation of success with this. And so it will be interesting to kind of dig deep into the details of what works, what doesn't work. I know that there are a lot of people um, who want to know, you know, how, how did it, how did this whole thing happen? And how do you, how do you repeat it in other areas on the Cape? Because I know that it's, it's a much needed, um, activity that needs to happen. More artists need to share the space. So we should go in the Wayback Machine to 10 years ago. What mm-hmm. happened? 
I know. So 10 years ago, guys? Um, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll start. Um, I'd say <laughs> 10 years ago, I first started going to Katuit Center for the Arts on this Tuesday night paint night that I'd heard about from my friend Chris Reverdy, who I was sharing studio with at the time. And um, I showed up there and there was a room full of painters and they were all kind of doing their own thing. Um, but I could immediately tell that the kind of work that they were doing was different than what I had currently been around. So they were abstract painters. And this is, um, I had not met any abstract painters up to this point of my time on Cape Cod. So I was really excited and I was also kind of nervous because I was like, well, what am I going to paint? <laughs> <laughs> I'd been used to been painting commercially and painting murals and doing more like uh, realistic painting. So that was a first, that was my first kind of introduction. And I kind of stayed on the sidelines a little and I met Richard and Jamie there um, and we painted together for several months but not not for too long before this opportunity to get a studio came up um, and I won't go on too long we'll get to that after I'll let these guys talk about their also our first kind of encounters with each other well I like that it sort of happened organically Julie asked about <clears throat> how how this developed and how would you replicate it I'm, I'm not sure anything like that ever occurred to us it really sort of happened because of our need for studio space and the economics of what we could afford. And actually that idea of sharing space was more about practicality. And we looked for spaces. We looked for looked at a number of places where this could happen. And we had this opportunity at the schoolhouse to have space there. We looked at the room that we were offered and we imagined ourselves in it. And eventually we decided to sign a lease and get, get going. So 10 years later, it's, um, it's still a great place to work, um, but it's funny in a way how it didn't have a real plan. It was, it was organic. I think luck had a lot to do with it also. That um, I mean, my entire career, I painted by myself. I, I worked, insisted on working in isolation. So the idea of coming together once a week and painting with people you actually don't mind painting with is pretty unusual. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with the initial formation was that we actually found that we could get along and we could still paint and, and talk and we, we laughed a lot. Um, so this seemed to be a natural evolution when the old schoolhouse came along. In my experience, making art up to that point was kind of the opposite of Jamie's and, and Richard's working in isolation. I had never worked in isolation. I grew up in a big family and then I went every art venture I did was with groups of women. So the only thing that was new to me was that now I was with a group of men. And I wondered what that was going to be like. And it was interesting. It was quite different. Maybe I shouldn't get into that. but. Um, and Jamie, did you say you were part of that painting group, that original yeah, painting uh, group? Uh, that we, at we called it Tuesday night. And yeah. uh, every Tuesday, we just ended up at the uh, painting studio at Katua Center and would stay until... We were tired. I mean, sometimes one o'clock in the morning. And know. it was just the three of you? No, there were other artists that came okay. in. Um, John and Joe Sarah Diggs was there. Joe. Okay. You know, John uh, Sierra, who's in our, our building now as well, was there. And, and there were other drop-ins that I don't even know if I ever knew who they were. They were just people would just show up and set up somewhere and paint, and we'd all, you know, have a glass of wine and talk and listen to music. 
see each other work. It was very unique. Like I yeah. don't think I've sometimes seen anything else college. like it. Yeah, it was a bit like <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. artists from the life class or something would come in, you know. Yeah. But it, it 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 sort of had to jive. It was sort of a, right. a situation where either we all got along, and if somebody came in that didn't really feel quite right, they usually didn't stick around too long. Right. So so it was a, so sort of I a natural this, selection. I have this mm-hmm. image, Amy, of like them doing this, right? So you're at Katuit Center working in a studio, having a good time listening to music and painting, and Katuit's finally saying, um, can you guys go find... <laughs> I'm sure that did not happen, but didn't mind. but Nobody I love the idea of like this uh, energy that was created between this group and and like so you were just like one night, let's all get a place together or yeah, well, what it, made you click? Yeah, yeah, what made you to click? me? It was when we were offered the studio. I wasn't really looking for a place until we heard about it and we went over and looked at it and it was amazing. You know, so. yeah. Yeah, Karen Ojala is an artist. Uh, she's up in Provincetown now, but she had she was in that building, and she had this dream of it being a place for figurative atelier kind of. Yeah, let's get artists in here. And then she met me, and I'm a figurative painter, so she brought me. She was like, "Will you come and look at this?" And I wasn't looking for a studio either, um, but she's like, "Just just come and look. You'll see. You'll yeah. see." Um, and before we go any further, can you guys describe? I'd love to get each of your perspectives on like can you describe the space and what it means to you just to give kind of the listeners a the school is an is a very old and where is it located richard it's located on 6a in barnstable village near the unitarian church and it's a large old historic building it's uh built it was built in 1850s i believe and it's kind of unique as an artist studio space because it has such high ceilings. It's got great light. The room that we moved into is north-facing, so that the sun never directly comes into the room. It's all reflected light off the sky, which is ideal for artists. And just the large space and the history of it makes it a very unique place to, to be. Each window in the studios are about 50 square feet when you think about it. And so if you have five or six windows along a wall, you've got massive light, um, which just is, is wonderful all day long, you know, very even. And, it, and I like the history. It has a lot of character. It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, like a, like an old home with wooden floors and creaky stairs and a, and a, and a sort of creep, creepy basement that is like surely haunted. <laughs> right outside <laughs> of our window, we overlook a cemetery. So it's kind of got this like, <laughs> very gothic feel to it um especially in winter you know when it's bleak and the wind howls and the you know like i just i used to be there at night and then i I would definitely get a little creeped out at nighttime (laughs) the halls are lined with these creepy photographs of children sitting on their hands (laughs) in their little in their little chairs behind their little tiny desks and these photographs go back to the turn of the century and they're just and they're all so creepy looking you know so you know it's it's just part of it a lot of people are afraid to use the downstairs bathroom (laughs) (laughs) there's a guy who does ghost tours and he goes through the cemetery in the back and you can hear him out from from outside telling about all the ghosts that are in the building and i used to think that i would eventually see one or two of them but still haven't found them but it, it it's got a vibe to it that's kind of unusual 
Does that help when you're sharing a space? So if somebody borrows something and it goes missing, you can just almost be the ghost. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's I, think, ghost. I keep thinking about dressing up like a ghost and going out there and scaring the daylight out of those people. I think you should do it. Oh my God, people would lose it. Imagine. <laughs> of course, I don't know what a ghost dress up like. You know, so. yeah. I think just the surprise would be yes. enough. You could wear whatever you yeah, want. Right. Nothing. <laughs> oh my God. Has the building informed the work that you do? Probably. Or do you think We've it's the people within? That. That's a good question. I, I, I mean, my work kind of had that feel of history and um, the past before I, before I got into that building. So I don't know if it was because of the building. It certainly seems to be like the right setting for me to be in, given the way that I, I work, which has lately been with old photographs from the turn of the century and... Um, people of the past and sort of memory types things. So uh, for me, it does seem like that building is uh, supporting my work in some way and the light too, the light, the what I see out the window, the color, the color schemes of Cape Cod and um, the long winters, you know, I, I, I go through periods where my work is very gray looking and then come spring, I start working with bright watercolors and splashy acrylics. So it's like I paint with the season. Uh, so the light that I think that I'm starting to finally clue in that yeah you know what I think I am affected by the light. Huh. I'm a I'm a naturalist uh, from the very beginning, so it makes sense for me to be there. The colors, my colors are always influenced by natural colors around me. Um, I love being able to look out there and see the water if I look really carefully. Um, I love looking at the cemetery. Uh, so I, I'm. I'm feeling like it's just a perfect studio right now. You know, maybe someday I'll want to evolve into something else, but for now it just seems to work. It also changes a lot during the day by the people who come and go or the times that you have by yourself. People seem to think that we're all there all the time working and talking together and so forth. There are times when you have the whole building to yourself and oh, it yeah. can be it can be very calming and very a nice quiet place to reflect before you start working or while you're working and the light is so wonderful i'm not sure it's quite as much about the building itself but just the the environment that it provides as for an artist how do you you told me a story the other day about setting up your space and it kind of i think um for me defined your personalities a little bit so maybe you could share that story with with the listeners sure we uh we signed a lease and had opportunity to come in and um jackie and i both sort of got there on on day one i think and started bringing our things in and setting up our shelves and putting all our materials together we're still working on this it takes a while to set up a space you know so we're getting everything organized for several days and we we were sort of wondering like well wonder when jamie's gonna come come in and a few days later jamie came in with a big roll of paper and a set of watercolors and he set the paper down paper rolled down on the floor rolled it out with his foot and stirred up some paint and started painting <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you guys are like meticulously putting things yeah, we're out. Still organizing, <laughs> piecing together shelves and laying out the paint. And 
figuring out where things are going to be, moving it from one room to another, <laughs> like a like a dog it's, circling its <laughs> around its bed, getting ready to settle in. Jamie, do you remember that? Uh, I think so. I, I do. And, and, and that's sort of my style is just to throw it down and, and, and try to work as quickly as I can. Um, I mean, now I have shelves and I make a mess like everybody else and I have <laughs> piles of things. Yeah. But at first it seemed like the best way to get used to the space was just come in and see what happens, you know, just dump some paint down and, and see, what, see what sticks. You know? So it was, it was great. That's fascinating. Um, and and I, I'm curious, like, so the process of kind of like the initial beginning of this group, but like, what does the day-to-day look like? I know that Jackie kind of treats it, we've had this conversation about almost like a job, like nine to five, because you have other things going on. But um, so tell us a little bit about, like, how do you use the space? Well, it's changed over the years. It's evolved. But uh, for the most part, I my schedule was um, limited by my kids. So I had to work on their schedules, and I was driving them to school. So I would get there bright and early, right after dropping them off, and I'd spend like a work day. You know, and just by 2 o'clock, I'd have to be out of there. So I just knew that I had that amount of time and I was just super disciplined about it because I really wanted to make the most of the time that I had in my studio because I didn't have a setup at home. I don't have a setup at home for art, um, which is kind of different for me. And um, I've really just, I found it too hard to have setups in two places. So I just keep it all at the studio. Um, So when I'm at the studio, I work on art. And then when I'm home, I do all the other stuff, and there's a lot of other stuff, like business things, emails, websites, communications, you know, so I just reserve that for my at-home time, and um, and then so when I'm at the studio, I try to focus on that, and in the beginning, we all had very different schedules, I mean, you know, Richard often working, doing other things during the day, and would come in more of a night person, and Jamie more of a weekend person, and then that evolves, so we've all kind of like, it wasn't very often that we would all be in the room at the same time. Um, which it, it works for me. Right. Yeah, and even to this problem. day. like, In fact, I don't really get work done unless I'm alone. So when <laughs> she sees me, she goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, actually, the two of us work in the same space. We can work for hours without even communicating, without even paying attention, because we both get pretty involved in what we do. My schedule is sort of all over the place. So I'm not as organized as I was, say, 20 years ago. You know, I'm I'm sort of enjoying being a little more uh, loose with this. Uh, So I don't have the discipline that Jackie has. I come in and I, I deal with my own fears and my own anguish with the art, but but um, I'm not as much of a nine-to-fiver as she is. I come in and I'll work for a few hours and I get bored or disgusted and I'll leave, you know, so it's a little different. But I do try to leave her alone when she's working. I, I try not to get in her face. Well, I think when we when we do cross paths, because Jamie and I are in the same room right now and Richard moved upstairs, so now he's in a different space from us. Uh, we also have a third studio mate Abby Faye but she's just giving birth to a baby and she's been busy with her first child and a full-time job so we don't see her as much unfortunately Um, but once we you know so I, I kind of got used to having the studio all to myself for a long time and then when Jamie's you know other things ease up and he's in the studio more the first couple of days it takes me a little while to get used to someone in the space um 
But like you say, once once we get into a groove and we get all the chatter out of the way and we both get to work, then it's like neither of us are there. Like we can't yeah. we don't really notice each other and it and it's and it works. Yeah. And even though I've moved upstairs, I do share with another person. Uh, John Sear, I mentioned earlier, uh, was in our original Tuesday night club. And uh, it's kind of similar. You know, we're, you, you sort of enjoy your own time there, but also the shared times is a great time to catch up and trade ideas. And eventually you get to work it on your own thing. And how there has to be a little cross-pollination of just like the building and the 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 cemetery and the the light has to influence what you're doing working in the same space as other people must influence a little bit how how you approach your work um yeah i can speak to that i was influenced the minute i met them when i walked into that barn at at katuit and i saw the way everyone was working and i mentioned earlier um i had arrived that night with a little eight by ten canvas (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're all laughing because you know how Richard Neal paints, and you know if you know Jamie's work, everyone works large. Are and you they... talking about inches? Inches, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my! So here I come with this tiny little canvas. I set it down. I look around the room, like, oh my god, this is not the little like hydrangea painting club. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just was like. I just just stood back and was like, oh, God, what am I going to paint? This is embarrassing. Like, this is really embarrassing. And because, you know, and but that raised the bar for me immediately. I suddenly was like, well, I can't do anything like boring and normal. No, right. I had that's, no. That's the idea is to come there and, and be release, do something you wouldn't normally do. Come in yeah. and have fun. Right. And Jamie, a minute ago, you mentioned you said um, I, I check into the studio and, and I deal with my fear and my <laughs> anguish. Don't get me started. <laughs> of the art. And so I feel like. Like that's what you're talking about a little bit is like you know using each other as you know sounding boards i mean is that a benefit of the collaborative space sometimes yeah sometimes we actually say things to each other that makes sense regarding the other person's art but unsolicited no, just kidding. Not usually. Not usually. Usually, when the other person's not in the room, that's what we talk about. <laughs> I wish it could be a fly on the wall. Usually, hear what they say courtesy, when I leave. Usually, out of courtesy, it's not unsolicited. We usually, yeah, if we course. ask somebody, yeah. we usually will respond. You know, rather people agree with what we say if, to each other. It's maybe yeah. not very common, but but mm-hmm. yeah, we we're willing to offer opinions. Uh, based on our experiences and based on what we mm. think we're looking at, sure. That's so lucky. Do you find that that's a benefit? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I think that working <laughs> <Sometimes. yeah. laughs> working with such good artists really does raise the bar for you yourself as an artist. And um, it's something that I craved before uh, before moving in there. I, I was working in my basement and the ceiling was three inches over my head and everything was really tight and I didn't know who the artists were. I didn't know who was around here so much. So it was a very conscious effort to really find, find out who's out there, who's thinking like me, you know, Uh who who wants to know things that, that I want to know about. And I feel as though all the people in the building also looking for that as well as part of, part of their art experience. So yes, I think working with other really good artists or nearby is really helps raise the bar for yourself a lot. Mm. It also informs you with constantly like just opening you up to information because, you know, 
you're, you yourself, you know what you know, and then you, you're with a group of three or five people, and suddenly you're like, oh, did you see this show? Or have you seen this book? Have you heard of this artist? Oh, what about this website? You know, you're just getting so much information. It's just like being in school, and I love that. I'm just always wanting to know more, and um, it's just constant collaboration in that way. Like we that just, is true. We share yeah. information. Anything, anything that we just learned, then we all we kind of share notes with each other in that in that sense, casually. But um, you know, and then when friends pop by, they'll do the same. And that's a, that's been what I why I'm in that studio and not working in my own home. Right. You've created a community that shares resources and ideas. Yes. Right? And it happened very organically. Which is I don't know how do you how, how do, you do you replicate that? that Yeah, so it sounds like you know going and doing what you love, and then hopefully it's people that surround you like going. Well, and also to, you said it the other day. It's just yeah. like finding make find, a friend, make your and and form a club. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring your eight by Get ten a tree house and like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. invite someone out that you like, and you know it's happened every step of the way in yeah. other instances. You know, in another. You know, previous ten years before I met these guys, it did the same thing in, yeah. in Plymouth. And as soon as you click with one person and you have something in common, then it's like you know, come with me, let's do this together. And then you invite a third person. Just keep inviting people in, like have a party. Right, right. I when I first moved to the Cape, I I was trying to. Um, I had heard about a group of people swimming. This has nothing to do with art, so, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, And (laughs) I had a friend, and her and I started to stalk this group of people that were swimming in Scargo Lake. And um, we just kept hanging around. We would see them get in the water early in the morning. So we started to figure out what time they would get there. And it's exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, I had a friend, so I didn't feel so... Yours is a little stalkerish. Dorky. What we had heard... I think Jackie's is a little more consensual. But but it was... (laughs) (laughs) We eventually... They felt bad for us and and invited us in. Did you stand at the shore with your towel? (laughs) Well, kind of, because we were like, we really like what you're doing. We're amazed. How is this happening? Can we join? And they were like, come on. On in and I swam with that group for years and it's it's a similar feeling where you're like you know you have a buddy and you can't just the two of you create this big community but it's like you have a common interest and you so you start to go to things together and you find like-minded people did you experiment with like synchronized swimming (laughs) (laughs) synchronized drowning more like it well and it's amazing how quickly it grows like once you're two of you or three of you and we found immediately once we moved into the studio we some friends heard about and we were like well we should we should have like an open studio night like we Mm -hmm. got to experience at Katuit so let's invite people to come in and bring their work and we can all talk about it and it ballooned like within a month we were having like too many people and we're like where did these people all come from like you're we're all neighbors we all we and we're all like contemporary painters who are not painting what is typically seen and you know locally and regionally mm-hmm. in our little little area of the mm-hmm. cave so it was it was really exciting and we're like oh my gosh everybody's coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. when when i first put the um uh, Katua center for the arts together i had no idea what i was doing i knew that we wanted to teach i knew education would be the backbone of the school but I didn't know what it would be like to bring in all of these artists and get them working together, get them talking together. And ultimately, that became the, the, the mission, was to have artists 
communicating with each other and with the public. Uh, so it was, a, it was a new experience just getting people together. Mm-hmm. And then we found that we could actually you know, cross-pollinate with, with uh, drama and with music, and it didn't mm-hmm. matter. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the format was having people that could communicate with each other and with the public. And I think your story, Julie, even though I was teasing you, uh, <laughs> and all of these stories, it's don't be fearful. Right. You know, if you if you ha- want to find people who are like minded, just try it. And most of the time people are excited. Yeah. You know, they want they want to be together. And they are welcoming yeah. here. That's what I found yeah. is that, you know, you, you get an interest and you find people. You find the people. Well, we had a guy visit us from New York once and he said, what is it with you people? You're all very supportive of each other. This doesn't happen <laughs> in New York. We hate each other. <laughs> We're very competitive. Right? Like it's I don't know. For me, it feels feels like it's part of it. Is just you know, yeah. All boats rise. How many artists are working in Chalkboard Studio right now? I believe we're at thirteen or fourteen right now. Most people like it when they come, and it doesn't change too much. Yeah, and so I, I've we've both Amy and I have been there, and um, and it is such a special place, and um, and. Every artist in there is so vastly different. Oh yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. And um, who's the artist that does work in the basement? Who does the real? Right. Oh well, right now it's actually Bruce Childs. It's <gasps> oh. not. It, it was Melanie Chartier who oh, painted right. very hyper realism. Yes, uh, still lives of shells and uh, books and things and the like ladybugs that. And, on the yeah, glass. Yeah, like just mm-hmm. super super detailed. But really she, interesting. She moved off Cape about a year. Uh, oh, maybe okay. Two years ago now. Mm-hmm. So now oh, okay. it's now there's another artist in the basement. Mm. Yeah, you'll have to come to. Oh, we're having an open studios event. Oh, okay. Well, it probably maybe will have already passed by the time. Um, listeners are listening to this, but <laughs> once a year we have an open studios event. Um, all the artists kind of like tidy up a little bit and open the doors to a wine and cheese event, and um, and it's really awesome and fun, well attended. And What's the date? It's going to be in April twenty seventh, a Saturday from four to eight. Five to eight. Five to eight. Mm-hmm. Not four. If you come, come at four. At four. You can set up. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to get to welcome everybody. I guess in some ways it's kind of an extension of that group that we were, you know, that we started originally when people came by. It's just a a great way to open up the doors and meet people. I meet people every time. Sure. And it's, it's wonderful that way that you get to know people who are interested in arts or other artists. Mm -hmm. So we, we do it once or twice a year and. and, Well, and uh, you can spend the entire evening talking about art. You know, it's it's it never like stops being the subject. If yeah. if there are fifty people walking through your room and all they want to talk about is art, that's usually what you talk about. But it gives you a chance to discuss what you're doing on the walls. It gives them a chance to reflect and react to what they're seeing. Um, it's always a good thing. It's great. So, what about people who are sitting at home? They're listening. They're painting. They're writing. They're doing their art and they are intimidated they think that open house sounds what what did you say they're called in montreal vernissage that vernissage sounds really interesting but they're a little intimidated like they they want to come they want to talk about art but so what what do you have to say to them because i find a lot of people say well i'd love to go but i don't know if i i'm gonna fit in or we we don't bite um it's it's (laughs) it's pretty friendly um 
none of us are really hostile towards visitors or artists. <laughs> you know, we sort of like, come on in. You know? There's also so many people at that thing that you can just blend you're, in and quietly walk around, and you don't even have to talk to anyone if you're that shy person that just wants to see. Um, there's plenty of those. You see, I see them. They're sort of walking around and they're not <laughs> talking <me>. to anybody. <laughs> they're shy. They work true. up, They've work got up their the towel, nerve to say, "I'm an artist too," you know. And then we start talking, and and before you know it, everybody's you know exchanging phone numbers and making plans to get together, and it's good. Okay. Yeah. Do so you, yeah, you have to take that first step as, as a yeah. shy person who's a little afraid of or intimidated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you say to to that other than just don't be afraid mm-hmm. and don't don't worry about uh entering a conversation yeah right i think sometimes people say oh everybody knows each other uh-oh so. well and sometimes i know the intimidation factor can be that oh they're they're working so much cooler than what i do and because i know that feeling i was there when that like that morning that day that i came to the first time and i was like oh my with your God, eight by ten yeah with my little eight by ten <laughs> so i <laughs> but funny. you know i got over that and just kind of tried to step up to the plate and like well i get a bigger canvas next time uh, if i want or and i've just learned over the years to um find my own voice and it's been part of the growing as an artist is uh standing by what you do and um just owning it oh well we've both exhibited i mean we've all exhibited so much yeah that we're so used to being in the public and being around a lot of people yeah that to me sometimes the art form is learning how to hide and sit back and not talk and just listen and watch you know but we're all very used to being in large group shows and and large exhibits so it's like we're so used to it. it. It doesn't really affect us anymore. I, like I said, I, I like to usually try and find a place to run and hide. But but um, yeah, has this experience taken you out of isolation, like your original process? Yeah. 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 And when I left Katuit Center, I went into isolation again. You yeah. know. Um, so this has really helped uh, have sort of a base, a new baseline for me, a, a new sense of. Being an artist mm-hmm. uh, at Katuit Center, I was almost more of a, a executive or ar- artistic director, okay. and painting was sort of on the side. Yeah. But uh, so this way, I've been able to sort of come back around and uh, really focus on the work and try to keep up with these guys who paint really, really well. So uh, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on now. That's amazing. Um, I'm interested also in um, what are some other collaborative spaces that might be going on that are available. Do you know of other people doing what you're doing or close to? Um, Yeah, I've heard that at Harwich. They've got this cultural center that's popped up, and there's artist studios filling up in there. I was teaching a class there in the um, winter, and got to tour around, and that's a hop in place that's just growing and already filled up, and now there's a waiting list. So, I mean, man, oh, we need we need more art studio spaces because we get people coming to us all the time. Yes, we do. So I agree. For all you listeners out there, yeah. if you have an yeah. empty building, right. give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there was one uh, a few years ago in Sandwich that came up, and it was a uh, I think it was a town owned building, and I don't know what kind of red tape happened. Uh, do you remember that situation? I do. 
Uh, I mean, it's so important if there are buildings for somebody to take responsibility and 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 try to. I I them. think I think a little bit of the problem can be that um, towns or organizations can decide that they want arts there, and they have a preconceived idea of how it should be and what it should look like, which mm-hmm. I think is the wrong approach. I think really towns, if they're interested in having artists work in their space and develop and, and add to their to the to the fabric of their culture there, they really need to make space available to artists and and, and see what happens more rather than predetermining like, oh, this artist would be good because they do seagulls and that artist is good, you know, be some preconceived notion of what Cape Cod art might be. I think that the towns really need to make spaces available to artists and to nurture that. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, we had your colleague in here, Joe Diggs, uh, recently talking about that same thing. And I'm not sure if it made it into the live conversation, but I loved his idea. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Um, and it's kind of going off topic, but he said, you know, the Mid Cape really could benefit from a contemporary art venue where an opportunity for our mid-Cape contemporary artists to show here versus always going to Provincetown, which we all love and adore, and there's like something so special and magical down there. But wouldn't it be nice to capture that and have an opportunity to bring that to the mid-Cape? Because there are so many um, contemporary artists like yourselves producing some really interesting things, and people don't think of the mid-Cape for that and they think of Provincetown which is great but it would be nice that I, I mean we were talking about Main Street Hyannis which I think is could be a great opportunity to have like pop-up contemporary spaces or eventually a bigger space how do you feel about that I love it sure be on my focus group <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah, if we have space and we, we artists love to show their work you can look at all the art centers and that uh, put open calls now it's becoming a new thing to you know have an open call for artists to submit work and they're always filled they're like people are just love the opportunity to show um you know here at the cultural center they do that and at Katuit and you know all the art centers put out um calls to artists and i bet if there was a space like you say in downtown hyannis and like here here's some empty walls Come fill well, them. Your idea of a pop up, right. your idea of a pop up gallery, a pop up space is a really good idea, and I've I've always thought about that. If there's a building that's sitting there, yeah, put art in there, yeah. and then if it gets rented out, move move down the street, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, there's lots of those um, available spaces, you know, in in some of these downtowns that, you know, empty in the winter, but we're all still here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's lots of things happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, year-round here now, and especially in the Hyannis area. Yeah. You know, it, it, as a year-round resident, I, I would I would be so attracted to that and, and go to it and be part of it. So um, it's something that maybe we can all explore together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway. Well, there's another artist in your space now. You have an intern. Oh, right, my Jamie? intern, yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about the experience of um, having – that intern from the the program at Barnstable? Yeah, I'm, uh, for the last 20 years, I've had interns from the whole Cape, One, not limited to Barnstable. A lot of them come from 
Barnesville High School, but also Sandwich and Mashpee. Is that the Artworks program? Yes. And you're the you're a mentor, right? Right. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I've I've always enjoyed it. I like these kids a lot. Uh, they every one of them is their own uh, artist. They're all pretty self driven, uh, pretty self motivated. I, I don't offer too much. I, I offer them whatever equipment they need and whatever advice they want, but I don't try to hold their hand. Um, I just think it's a great program. Both Jackie and Richard have had interns. Uh, it's, I, I just, it's, it's a win-win situation for me because sort of the kids help me keep a little bit fresher in my mind, you know. And Jackie, you're saying sometimes you hear from them? Yeah, Years later. Had, I've had interns. Um, well, because of my schedule with my own children, I have had less in- interns than Jamie has and Richard, because um, usually when kids are available to come after school, that's when I have to leave. So it hasn't always worked out for me to have an intern, unfortunately, but the times that I have, um, I've always developed a great relationship with them. And um, they've kept in touch, like gone on to art school and then come back and or say, you know, want to come and visit and show me what they've done or I'll keep keep informed with social media on what they're up to and it's really nice to see them come full circle i mean these guys have more stories of interns from 20 years ago that now come back with their (laughs) children and it's like it's going on right don't don't you yeah i mean it's because they're so well children i mean like babies maybe one i'm thinking of caitlin wasn't she caitlin Caitlin was my very first intern and then she after she got her master's degree in art uh and she was teaching at at castle hill you know she actually worked it worked she became an artist and now she's the uh one of the directors at an arts center in um florida Mm mm-hmm but uh, so she's involved. She still works, uh, and we st- we still are friends. We still have lunch around Christmas, you know. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's all right. How about it's, you? Richard? It's an opportunity for mentoring or teaching of some level that that is is a great experience and really helps you as an older artist to remember what it's like to be young and and Thank uh, you. and it's also. <laughs> A good place to steal ideas because they really <laughs> have a lot of good ideas. So that's yeah. so funny. I know Jackie taught at Barnesville High School while Abe, while Abby Faye was taking a uh, maternity leave. Right? What was that like? Oh my gosh, that was a that was a shock to my system. <laughs> I've I've taught art, but always in alternative settings, not in the high school as the full-time art teacher. And boy, do I have a a whole new level of appreciation for what art teachers do. Um, Thank you, all art teachers in the world. I'm yes. amazed. Are all teachers of all kind? Um, it was um, it was hard. It was a huge learning curve for me. Not so much in the actual teaching of the art, but in learning the system and learning how the gradings works and attendance, like all the other stuff, the periphery. There's just a lot of distraction around, mm-hmm. uh, which I very quickly realized. I was curious to do it, to know, like, yeah. did I miss out on a career that maybe I should have been? Um, and for me, I was. it's too late for me to go there now um, because I just... It, it, I, it just takes all your energy. I was exhausted at the end of the day, and I had no time for my own art making. Um, so it, I loved having done it, and I was glad when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> teaching does bring... Do you feel like you learn more than your teaching when you have students? I, I think it's an equal exchange, and I like that about it a lot. It's, you know... St- 
for students, it's a great opportunity to work around professional artists that have been doing it for a long time. And for the mentors, it's a great opportunity to, to see the creative mind at such an early stage again. Mm. Mm. So through this collaborative space um, and the success of what you guys built, and it truly is an amazing culture that you've built over there, and I hope everybody gets to visit at some point, and, um, and you can also buy art at the Chalkboard Studio. Um, do you have like words of caution, lessons, like that you've learned, you know, how to build it and uh, to, to sustain it? I, th- I think you have to throw caution to the wind. I think mm. you know, it's like Jackie said, <laughs> right. start a club, you know, yeah. do it. I mean, it's always, important to, <laughs> it's always important to be really respectful of each other because they're, they're there to work, you know, I'm there to work. Mm-hmm. So we've learned to not like... You know, like I knock on the door before I walk into Richard's studio. I don't just barge. On me, you know? <laughs> I don't want a paintbrush to hit me in the head. But no, so that's the key is to um, get along with who you're trying to get along with. Right. But but don't be don't set up too many conditions. Don't set up too many uh, uh. doctrines. Get, get busy. Uh, that's again back to the idea of towns that know of buildings, get rid of the doctrines, make them accessible as quickly as possible, ease up on the zoning laws and get people in there, you know, so so they can work. Um, I think that that's the key is to, to be adventurous. I also learned that in this collaborative experience together um, and seeing the way other artists work that I think there's just such huge benefits in sharing and not being a super protective about your process and how you what materials you use and how you do things I mean we all see each other's everything that we do in our work and I think that that has um, helped us all and benefited us all because I've, I've met other artists who are super like protective and they won't tell you what what mediums they use and I mean I'll walk into Mary Mokwin's studio and she's like oh I'm, this is my glaze and it's two parts this and one part that and three parts of this you mix it together and that's how you wash your brushes and you know like little tricks and techniques and everyone's happy to share that stuff that information and it's just so helpful and great and you're like oh wow that's so nice it's like you know kindergarten share right be nice and share with your friends it's just right. going to be better for you in the long run <laughs> and the same you know with students because the students will come in and they tend to will mimic the way you work and like it's all good it's all it's all part of the learning process you, you mentor even with your peers you know we'll see someone do something i'm like oh i want to try that you know joe diggs just did a pour i'm gonna try a pour oh richard just ripped his painting in half and put it together the other way what a great <laughs> idea i'm gonna do that with this painting <laughs> and jamie's just like got these massive rolls of paper i'm like oh, maybe i should put something on the floor so yeah we all just kind of pick up on what each other are doing and and um, we all we all benefit from that. Oh, I love that. You get what you give, right? Mm. Exactly. Were you going to say something, Richard? No? He's, he's not sharing any information. No, sharing. You, you, it's all private. <laughs> well, I love what you said about kindergarten. We just love to go back and be in, be in kindergarten, and we're back at the schoolhouse. Where, <laughs> where it all started. <laughs> and we'll end up in the grave out back. <laughs> That was I Jamie's love it. Like, uh, that's you know, it's, it's, that's the beauty of having that 
graveyard when when you get really depressed <laughs> all you have to do is open the window and jump <laughs> I love it well so Julie what did I think we probably learned the, the same thing this time I shouldn't I shouldn't speak for you but definitely be open be friendly and and stock the swimmers yeah and be adventurous <laughs> yes jump um jump. ease up ease up I love your suggestion of not having too many rules at the beginning, you no, know. I'm no doctrines. No doctrines. Yeah, and like yeah. just be respectful and playful and enjoy one another and create that culture. I mean, we all strive for that in our everyday work life. I know we do that at the Arts Foundation. It's all about um, getting the work done but also having fun and that um, that culture of just like productivity but enjoying the work and having the passion for the work. Balance. balance. Do good work and have balance. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, Amy. Well, thank you so much for listening, and thank you again to today's guest, visual artists and founders of Chalkboard Studio, Jamie Wolf, Jackie Reeves, and Richard Neal. For this episode of the Creative Exchange podcast, I'm Amy Davies, the Executive Director of Provincetown Community Television. And I'm Julie Wake, Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Until next time... Arts Matter. Support for the Creative Exchange podcast is made possible by Delbrook JKS. Music for the Creative Exchange podcast is the work of Jordan Renzi. Produced in association with Billingsgate Records by Jordan Renzi and Andrew Staker at Big Red Studios in Wellfleet. The Creative Exchange podcast is brought to you by the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod, Provincetown Community Television, and the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth. In the desert to the oasis and This time I'm not No, this time And this time There's no mistake No, this time And this time So